And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Friday, December 30th, last show of the year. This is going to be mm-hmm. dropping on the 31st. So happy New Year's to those who are listening in 2023. You say uh, New we... Year's? Happy New Year's. Happy no, New no, Year? it's New, new Year. I, I I confused uh New Year's Day and New Year, so I, I mixed up the two things. But Disaster to start. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, welcome in. Uh, Celtics playing well. Uh, but Sam, you had, I think you had something you want to start with, right? Before we get into the Celtics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I went to, uh, this is no, we got to cut. Hold on. We need to restart. <laughs> yeah, Cause <laughs> no, I can't... just go, just go. No, you, you dug the hole. Just go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> uh, so I went to a family event yesterday and, yeah. um, lot, lot of people enjoy the show. I got to tell you that really. Yeah. They, they <laughs> see it on Facebook. They recognize wow. me from that. Uh, funny enough, I was also not recognized by uh, some family mem- members, which is by far the as best compliment they, I can get. As in they didn't know who you were? Yeah, like they didn't recognize me. They were like, they were like, oh, my God, like, did you have like plastic surgery? <laughs> what? Yeah, I swear Why? to God. Like I had people ask me if I had plastic surgery, if I dyed my hair. I was like, no. Was How like, extended are these family members? Like, are they not that like, extended? Nope, not not super extended. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Though. Oh, that's it's very big... good. This All is right, the well, second I... time I have not been recognized at a family event within the month, actually. How? I, that That's wild to me. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I just, I don't know, I look a little different now. I guess my face huh. is skinnier. I, I mean, that's a compliment, I guess. Very, comp- guess right. very much a compliment. A... <laughs> yeah, we take those. We take those. I also went to a family event recently uh i it was christmas party so i know you I know you're not a big fan of christmas parties right um but uh, i'm trying to send the picture i'm trying to get it so i can like share a screen uh i have i'm the oldest in my family oldest in my immediate family oldest in my like uh extended family etc cetera, etc cetera. so i have a bunch of younger cousins and we saw my younger cousins and one of my younger cousins fern who is um four six i think she's six um she was going around giving everybody tattoos so i got a tattoo on my foot um so if you don't like feet i'm gonna share my screen so you're gonna see my foot well some people Uh, might really like this (laughs) yeah but i got a nice tattoo i asked her what it is i looked down after she goes i drew a ball so i just have i'll show you she (laughs) she's trying to circle yeah i'll show you and then my other cousin mamie uh decided to make it a uh a smiley face ball i just need to show you so this is the ball that it's it's just it looks like you have a big ass mole on your foot yeah but you see the little smiley face right there on it it's a nice is it in red yeah 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 it's uh yeah so i got a nice tattoo i know this is no longer on your foot No, the remnants are though, because you try to oh, wash boy. it off a few times. All right, don't put your foot. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not sharing my foot. But uh, yeah, yeah, nice little, nice little <clears throat> ball tattoo. I texted it to Zoe, my girlfriend. She goes, "I think it looks like more of a rock to me." So criticizing a yep. six-year-old's artwork—that's so, true. Now, do you have any New Year's plans? <sighs> like, as in, like New Year's Eve plans? As in, yeah. doing stuff. Uh, do you hear that? I don't think so. Okay. No, I think you're good. No, I'm going to 
my friends. I think we're just going to hang out. I will probably have my computer with me to watch the Celtics. To uh, They play tomorrow, correct? Or they're not no, tomorrow? they're off until two, Sunday. Oh, two-day break? Yes. Oh, I'm all turned around. Okay. I well, know. It's great. <laughs> excuse me. Even better. All right. Well, then I will still have my laptop so I can work because I have a just constant anxiety in the back of my head that when i'm not doing work that i'm slacking so i will probably be oh, you're doing a madman for that it's 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 bad it's real bad well, like it's I'll... Not the worst problem to have <laughs> i know but like i'll stop working for like 20 minutes to watch a youtube video or something and then i'll just like start feeling guilty that i'm not doing anything really so yeah it's really bad like i'll bring my laptop to my friend's house and like i will do work at periods while i'm there it's it's, it's it, like you said it's not the worst problem to have now, how do you fun. manage to do good work i it's just you know like I, you don't have lapses in concentration i feel like i would get distracted and like I'd i work slower i mean I, I don't work as quick but like i'll get like one or two things done in the span of a couple hours uh, while it takes me like 30 minutes when i'm home like just focusing on that but uh i am excited though because i'm taking the train up to ithaca by way of syracuse on january 5th i think so a few days in new year but i love the train i'm a big train guy i good it's for like work it's, Yes, it's a long journey, but I enjoy the uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a vibe, I guess. Like you're looking out over the, the you know, it's going to be snowy, I assume, or just looking out the window. You can work the whole time. You can chill, hang out. I, I just really enjoy it. I don't know what what about it. I enjoy so much exactly. But the train is a big fan of the Amtrak, of the train, of the the long journey up there. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I believe I have to take a train at the end of January because I have to go to Where New to? York for work. Hmm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm, see, I get a, a roomette when I take Amtrak, so I don't sit and coach or anything just because I figure why mm. not splurge if I'm going to do it a couple times. Um, so I just have like a whole little room to myself, which is why what makes it so. Uh, yeah, so see, that, that'll make you like the train a bit more. Exactly. Yes, yes. But I, I mean, even when I'm taking like coach or wherever I'm sitting, it's still fine. Like, I still don't mind it. I don't know. It's just it's enjoying. I, now, enjoy it. I enjoy it. I am going to Mohegan tomorrow, which is very mm. exciting. I'm going with Smash the Odds as well as uh, <clears throat> friend the, of the show, the Spino, who is the or originator <laughs> of the Rat List. I love the Rat List. So we have we have some good company at the casino. I will give an update on how it went. We're going mm. all day because there's games on throughout the day: college basketball, college football, college football playoff, yep. which is the yep. big big draw there. I'm very excited. I got to tell you, I love going. This is going to be the third New Year's Eve in a row. I will be at, well, not Mohegan. I went to Foxwoods the last two years. What's and your I, g- game of choice? Uh, I like blackjack, but we're we'll probably mm. just going to bet. Well, we'll play blackjack, but we're going to mostly bet sports. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm a poker guy. I enjoy me some poker. I'm terrible. Not good. You play I, at the casino? No, no, no. But oh. like if Poker's I were to play a casino, like I've played casino games. And if I was to play one, I think I'd play like uh poker i don't know i enjoy it i used to play when i like Dude, when i was a kid my dad had a poker set so we would break it out before covid uh me and the fellas would always be playing poker we play multiple times a week it was bad i used to play with you on xbox i remember for a brief stint we you me and uh it was a prank i think we played <laughs> online that that poker yeah game. no but like we would go we would go in real life and we would go yes, like yes, multiple yes. times a week to dude's house play and Fire. this was before covid so i had no money I made all my money in COVID because we were at the nursing home. They had the mm-hmm. hazard pay. Like we were just reeling it. Like there was nothing else to do but work. So I was just making Huge. a ton of money. Yeah. But I was like, like I had no money. So it was my income. 
It was bad. Very bad. <laughs> did, or, did you usually win or did you usually lose money? Yeah, very sporadic. Inconsistent 50, 50. for me. Okay. Not not the best source of income. There no. it is. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we can get around to the Celtics. I, I feel like we did a good job, you know, entertaining outside of basketball. But Celtics have been playing better lately. Four game win streak now. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad show host, me not knowing off the top of my head. But uh, Celtics are excuse me back on track after a rough stretch they lost five out of six but then they've responded with a four game win streak and i would argue the four game win streak is more impressive than the uh losing streak was more substantial concerning. yeah uh, if, if that's my opinion i mean losing to the magic and the pacers is not ideal however beating the bucks and the clippers in the span of three nights uh, as well as the timberwolves and the rockets in there that's pretty good. I, I mean, those are two contending teams, uh, almost fully healthy. Obviously, Chris Middleton wasn't there for the Bucks, but they've been without him for the majority of the season anyway. So that's still a top team, regardless of Middleton's injury status. And then the Clippers were fully healthy uh, and the Celtics were missing Malcolm Brogdon and Blake Griffin. So uh, two big time wins. The Clippers game was obviously a little closer uh, than maybe most people wanted. They let the Clippers catch up a little bit. But I, I was talking to uh, Bobby Kravitsky, who I sit next to at the game. Uh, Clippers were making a lot of tough shots against Celtics, like Celtics were playing solid defense. Clippers were just nailing shots in their face, whether it be, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Norm Powell, obviously hit a buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter, I believe. Yeah, Rob uh, turned it over and they made Mm -hmm. him pay. Very tough stretch, but two good wins uh, (laughs) against the Bucs and the Clippers. Celtics are back on track, uh, not only with the offense, but I think the defense has really shown up lately as well. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing for me. And you tweeted this yesterday and uh, old friend of the show, uh, Celtics fan tweeted it too. Shout out Burner Celtics. What a yeah. beast. The Celtics were what? Five of 20 from three at the half and they were up 11. Yep. That's the big change. And, and you said, you know, coming into this little discussion, the four game win streak has been more substantial than the losing streak was. And the reason why is because they're learning to win basketball games without having to shoot the lights out. They were absolutely steamrolling teams for the first month and a half, but they were also shooting like 45% from three or something crazy like that to do so. Now the defense has climbed back into the top 10. What are they, seventh now in defense? The last I checked, it was seventh. It might have climbed even more since then. That is that is the real way they should win basketball games. Seventh. That is the yes. most consistent way to win. It's the, mo- the thing you're most in control of. Mm-hmm. Can teams make crazy shots on you like the Clippers did? Yeah, the third quarter, when they caught up, they were just making everything. They came right out of the half, made three straight threes, and continued to make tough shots. But the Celtics continued to play good defense. You saw at the end of the game, they iced the game with two big blocks at the rim, Derek White and Al Horford, back-to-back possessions, blocking shots. That's the kind of thing you can consistently rely on to win you games. It's sustainable, it's consistent, and it's what you need to win. That's what made last season's team so great. That's why Rob Williams coming back is so exciting for all of us fans, because the team as a unit can play better defense. And we've seen it even when they were losing games because of the versatility, the ability to switch and the way they play as a team on defense is just great. And it's carried over from last season. The coaching change hasn't really affected that. The little, brief coaching change they've had to endure over the last two games hasn't affected that. (laughs) Yep. It's just been great. And -hmm. if the threes fall, it's a bonus, but you can control the defense. That's, that's the big win for me. That's the big takeaway from this four game win streak is they figured out how to play defense and they figured out how to win without having to shoot the ball like crazy. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And looking at this here, the Celtics have had how many games? This I think nine games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games this year where they've shot below 30% from three. Um, up until January, or excuse me, December 23rd, they were two and five, meaning mm-hmm. half of their losses have come when they've shot below 30% from three. But Minnesota, the win against Minnesota recently, and the Clippers win both shot uh, below 30% in those games, and they won both of them. So it seems like they're turning a corner with the defense. Uh, the other two wins, if you're curious, are the Chicago game uh, and the OKC game. In the OKC game, they really turned it up in the, the third and the fourth. That OKC uh, they, <laughs> game was a disgusting disgusting dangerous <laughs> dangerous one uh, i'll say this not have won clippers very good team clippers that's are a very good, good team, team to beat when you're not shooting the ball well so that's that's another like gold yes, star for the celtics put it on the sash lots of gold stars for the celtics this year i will say like they, really? they've had some t- i think so i mean you think of the losses they're not like oh tough game they lost a big one like golden state that was brutal and clippers mm-hmm. that was brutal but they were missing al horford and both and not excusing you still should have put up a better fight than they did but other than that we're talking two losses to chicago duds right not like respect to DeRozan and levine or whatever i know you don't have to give it to them but not exactly the best team in the world well, i think DeRozan's two- terrific he is. He is. But I'm just saying the, the Bulls aren't great. No. Uh, Orlando, that's four. Two to Chicago, two to Orlando. Orlando's not great this year. Cavs, those are two good teams or one good team, two losses. So put that on that hand. Uh, excuse me. Another loss. What, what else do we have to? Oh, the, the other losses, Golden State and uh, uh, Clippers, where you're down to big man. So that's, what is that? Two plus six. It's eight of your 10 losses. And then I'd have to dig through f- for the other two, but like most of their losses have just been against bad teams where they didn't really come to play. Right. Like the, the yeah. Chicago games didn't come to play. Orlando games didn't come to play Indiana. They didn't come to play in the entire first half. Um, the, the Warriors and the Clippers games, they didn't come to play. They didn't even really put up a fight. Those are concerning because they're good teams. But in terms of, you know, beating good teams, the Celtics have beaten a lot of good teams, right? They took down Milwaukee. They, they beat the Clippers. Uh, they beat, Memphis, they beat Brooklyn. Denver, they put the smackdown on Phoenix, they beat Brooklyn, they beat Philly on opening night, they've beaten Miami. Miami was another loss where where it was just a good team. I would say Miami and the two Cleveland losses are the only two you can look at and say, okay, those were close losses. You lost to good teams. Um, you know, you probably should win those. Obviously, the Warriors and the Clippers games, I'm not I'm not discounting those, but you're missing El Horford and the Celtics just didn't come to play. A lot of the the I, I I would say the Celtics good wins have outweighed their bad losses. I'll put it that way this season, which is something I think gets looked by a decent amount. Like like I said, you beat Jokic, you beat John Morant, you put the smackdown on Devin Booker, you put the smackdown on Luka Doncic. I didn't even mention the Mavs win. Yeah, uh, you, you beat Giannis on Christmas by a healthy amount. You took down Kawhi and Paul George when they were at full strength. Um, excuse me. There, there have been a lot of good Celtics wins this year, and I don't think they've gotten, uh, excuse me, gotten enough credit. Even like Sacramento. I mean, people were going into that game hyping it up as the two best offenses in the league. This is going to be a real powerhouse, and the Celtics just shut that down immediately. So, well, that was fire. Are- <laughs> that yes. that game was so fire because, <laughs> I mean, they they were down in the third quarter, and then they just were like, okay, they're not scoring any more points, and we're going to score all the points, and they finished on like a forty to six run or something crazy like that to close that game out. It was the most unreal run. Awesome. I mean, what did LA at LA Sacramento score six points from like four minutes in the third to halfway through the fourth quarter in that game? Wild was run, nuts. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Yeah, no, it was a wild run. They outscored Sacramento. What is this? Fifty-eight to forty-two in the second half. Like they just they turned that game all the way on its head. Uh, and the first the first quarter alone, they they 
you know, outscored them 22 to 36. The Kings scored 22 in the first, 22 in the third, and 20 in the fourth. Their 40 point uh, second quarter was the only thing that helped them get over 100 points. It was, that was as much as people like to, to joke about the Kings, that was a really good win for the Celtics. Um, but, anyways, bringing it back to the current uh, version of the Celtics where defense has started to pick up again. There is one person I would like to give a ton of credit to, and I'm currently writing about it. You should see it on Celtics blog either tomorrow, uh, as in New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Derek White, and I'll, I'm going to say this with confidence. I'm going to write down when I start this conversation so we can make it a video. Derek White has been one of the best defensive players in the league this year. He is absolutely an all-defensive guard this season. I won't hear anything else about it. He, he has been phenomenal and you had a lot of skeptics when the trade went down last year you being one of them in, in not not crapping on you but as an example you it were was not less about him and more about richardson i was <laughs> not one of the they gave up a pick people i was like this guy have richardson rules man you can't be giving know, him up I know, and I, I still like richardson it's a shame <laughs> that he good. can't be part guy. of this fun they're having here in Celtic land because he was he was a good player quality I agree. good defender he was a good shooter last year I don't know what the rules are about bringing him back. I know he, he could come back, but they don't the have TPEs. money. Yeah, that's the yeah. issue. That's what sucks. He rules, though. Yes, I agree. But as I was saying, with the dog barking in the background currently, it's OK. Uh, Derek White's defense has been amazing this year. And I, I was here to make fun of me. I asked Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, and I, I was like talking about it to get quotes for the article. Um, and the way I phrased it was they have or Marcus Mark gets a lot of the credit because he's defense player of the year. He, you know, he's known for that sort of play. Derek White is doing the exact same thing. He has been the best, you know, it's crazy because he's playing. I, I phrased it this way in my article, which you'll see. He is playing on a team with like defensive giants as in Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum's having a great defensive season. Robert Williams will always be in the highlight reel. I would argue Derek White may just be the best defender on the Celtics this year. In terms of the season he's putting together, the way he's guarding players in the perimeter, he's averaging uh, almost a block a night as a, what, 6'5", scrawny-ish guard. Right. Right? Like, uh, he's second in the league among guards in blocks. He's 30 this year in, what, 33, 34, 35 games. Um, only Shea is averaging more blocks than him. Uh, I'm going to find the stat here so we can pick on somebody I, I know you enjoy picking on, but... As I said, Derek White has 30 blocks on the season. Let, let's take a look at this right here. Let's see. Where, where does my man rank? I'm just going to double check that stuff. Yep, 30 blocks. Mr. Rudy Gobert is at 38. Rudy Gobert has eight more blocks this season than Derek White. I'll tell you what. <laughs> right? Last like, year, people were complaining about the first-round pick they gave up for uh, Derek mm -hmm. White. How about giving up mm -hmm. five for Gobert? And that's all he, he knows how to do, and he's not doing it that well. <laughs> Derek White has as many blocks as Jason Tatum, as many blocks as Al Horford, as many blocks as Jakob Pertl, more blocks than Draymond Green, more blocks than, you know, uh, Nas Reed, Mason Plumlee. Like, he is a six foot five guard. He's put up 30 blocks this season, 29 steals, playing elite perimeter defense. He's second on the Celtics in plus minus. Behind Jason Tatum, he is second on the team plus minus. That means the team is that much better on him in the court. His shooting went in a slump in December and his minutes didn't go down at all because that's how good he's been on defense. Like, and, and not this is this is without even talking about that Clippers game in particular. Like, that was his, you know, coming out story for defense. Like, everyone now should realize how good he's been playing this year because he's been doing that all season. But like that block on John Wall, where he blocked the shot, came down with the ball, and then threw it off Bought John it. Wall's body on the ground. Him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> crazy that block on paul george late in the game that was a robert williams play 
We saw Derek White do what Robert Williams does. He came over from the weak side. He helped on Paul George. Jason Tatum couldn't get the block, so Derek White did. That is what Robert Williams did all of last season for the Celtics. He played weak side. He played free safety, and he got blocks. Derek White did that, and he did that against Paul George in a late-game situation when the Celtics needed to stop. Like Words cannot describe how great Derek White has been on defense this season. I'm going to attempt to do that in an article, so maybe I shouldn't say words can't describe it, but like... I, I have been beyond impressed with Derek White, and he deserves all the love for all defense this season. Yeah, Derek White's been great. I will say this. In that Clippers game, he did get picked on a bit. He's not perfect. Why was he, targeting him. Yeah, the, he was, prob- he was the only problem with Derek White is he, he can't guard the bigger guys as well as like a Marcus Smart. Not that that's a problem, but the thing that separates the two players, I guess, if, if you want to go that way, is he he's not a guard one through five guy, which you don't have to be to be a great defender. That doesn't that's not a prerequisite. That's yeah. not a required aspect of your game. But during that Clippers game, when they were coming back in the third quarter, you saw them run pick and rolls or picks at the top of the screen screen, top of the key to target Derek White. Now, it is Kawhi Leonard, right? He's a superstar. It's not like he's getting cooked by me and the boys. He's not. And I will point out as well, it's not like Derek White was just getting, like, they're making tough shots. Like, Derek White was still playing solid enough defense, but like you said, he is shorter, he is smaller, well, so there's only so much he can do in he, He's spots. playing solid defense, but Kawhi, in particular, was getting to the spot he wanted to and getting the shot he wanted to, which, what are you going to do? It's Kawhi. You know, he's not some bum. He's a great player. He's a former Finals MVP twice. He's led two different teams to championships. He's no slouch. He's probably going to be definitely a Hall of Famer. There's no shame in that guy going to work on you. And it doesn't mean Derek White's a bad defender. But to be devil's advocate, that's what I'll say is like, he's not guarding the bigger guys as well as a Marcus Smart. So maybe he's not the best defender on the team, but he does a damn good job at doing what he's asked to do, guarding the perimeter, staying Mm -hmm. with guys. And like you said, the off the ball plays are huge. That those two blocks yesterday were super exciting, and they were big plays at time at those times in the game, especially at the end. That was huge. The Celtics were kind of fumbling there; they were trying to milk the clock too soon, and they fell flat on the offensive end. They needed that. They needed that to ice the game, and they got it from them. So good for Derek White. And not only on the defensive end, Derek White is starting to come back around on the offensive end. Yeah, he had a solid game yesterday against the Clippers. He's been solid ever since he got his haircut, which people on Twitter, I believe Forsberg is the one leading the charge on that. <laughs> I could yeah. be wrong. I want to give him the credit, but it's true. It's it's good to see him being aggressive. He's not only shooting threes. He's had some good moves to get to the basket. He had a big and one mm-hmm. over Kawhi late in that game to put the Celtics up eight. Yeah, He's coming around as a whole, not just on the defensive end. And when they're getting production offensively from Derek White, not that he's a bad player, but when you're able to rely on that, that makes things so much easier for a guy like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, even Marcus Smart, where he doesn't have to do all this creation. He can give it to Derek White, and it just makes that guard rotation so much deeper. Because there have been people in our chat calling for a Derek White trade or a Marcus Smart trade. Yeah. But they're valuable. Just because Brogdon is maybe a bigger name than the two of them, or in in I, the past has been a more highlight driven player, I guess, or able to score more exciting, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. People people see the scoring and they get excited, but 
the other two guys are really excellent all around. You can't afford Sweet. to lose that. And having all three of them is such a blessing that you should take for granted. <laughs> Absolutely. And <clears throat> excuse me, my thing is uh, we've had a guy, Jimmy J. I mean, I'll say he's in the comments of our article. Very loyal listener. How... He is. I respect. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go at him. I'm saying he is pushing the agenda that Malcolm Brogdon is better than Marcus Smart, that he's better than Derek White, saying that he should be getting more minutes. I think Mark Malcolm Brogdon has put together a great season for the Celtics. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also think, like you're talking about, I think Malcolm Brogdon gets the benefit of the doubt because he's had the chance to be the 1A or 1B on a, on a team, right? In those Pacers years, he was the top guy, and he was putting up 20 in 10 almost, right? And he's a good player. He's a great player. <clears throat> However... I don't think he's had as good of a season as Marcus Smart and Derek White. Not saying Malcolm Brogdon hasn't have a, had a great season. He's third on the team in scoring. He's averaging 13, 4, and 4. Those he's are phenomenal also numbers. To a play role. <laughs> exactly. He's adjusting. And this isn't me even saying he's playing bad. I just think the the fact that he is he's had those spots in the past as a scorer and he's had those, you know, chances are bleeding into the season, right? Like he's averaging uh, like I said, 13, 4, and 4 this year. Um, but he's playing less minutes. He's only playing 23 and a half minutes a night. Marcus Smart's getting 33. Derek White is getting 26. Marcus Smart and Derek White, I would say, pretty clearly are better defenders, right? Malcolm Brogdon is not a bad defender by any means, but I would take Marcus Smart and Derek White in a heartbeat over Malcolm Brogdon on that side of the floor. Um, Malcolm Brogdon has also, and you can look at the raw turnover numbers and say, okay, well, Marcus Smart's averaging more turnovers. <laughs> if you watch the games and you account for the minutes, I would say he's also been more loose with the ball than smart and white. Have you seen that as well? Malcolm Brogdon with the turnovers. This yeah, season? it feels like that, especially when they were playing poorly and they were dropping those games mid month. It mm-hmm. felt like you weren't getting a lot from Brogdon. You weren't able to rely on him and he was a little bit sloppy. Now to circle back to the positive though. Yes. Marcus smart good. has been absolutely excellent over the oh, last yes. since, since he came back, he was sick last Wednesday against the Pacers Came back for the Timberwolves game, played then up until now. Again, excellent showing from him against the Clippers. What do you have, 18 and 9 with one turnover maybe, if that? Against the Clippers? Let me take. Yeah, and he was throwing some crazy passes around. There's one in particular that stood out to me. He threw a bounce pass, two passes away to Tatum, who was running the floor on the opposite side, and he got a layup out of it. That's a crazy yeah. pass. A cross-court bounce pass? How often do you see that? 17 points, three rebounds, and nine assists. Two steals. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Three turnovers. And he had a big again, steal. Not great, but yes. Yes. It was a strip steal on Kawhi at the top of the key, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Or are you yeah. talking about the other one? Yeah. It was mm-hmm. It was in the fourth quarter. He got two points out of it. Just Huge. a great showing from him over the last week. Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree. And I, I didn't mean to like pick on Malcolm Brogdon because – Malcolm Brogdon is bringing exactly what the Celtics need from him. He he is a, a great scorer off the bench. He's a great facilitator. He's a great ball handler. Um, I'm just saying the Celtics should be grateful that they have all three guys. We shouldn't be trying to split them up, and that's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to show appreciation to Derek White and Marcus Smart because for a lot of Celtics fans, they're flying more into the radar because they're so impressed with Malcolm Brogdon scoring, etc. Dude, people um, just get bored. But- they were trying to break up the Jays for years. Now they're trying to yeah, break up this yeah. three guard rotation they've got. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have an over overflow of talent there? Yeah. They're two, three, and four. Going- excuse me. Three, four, and five on the Celtics in scoring. Right? Like, like uh, it, 
it, it's just it's disheartening to see fans try to like break it up um and and pick on one like it just Dude, doesn't get make sense to me yeah they get bored yeah. they want something new they want to play 2k <laughs> that's a good way to describe it we, we yeah well yeah. i got i probably got crap you didn't get crap for the the short where i said i'd take smart over some stars in the league you'd be surprised some people actually agreed with you there were some people in the tiktok comments saying you know it, it makes sense smart's the better fit for the team you don't want to take it's touches about away from the jays it's not absolutely you know uh, i was talking to a couple of buddies of mine and while luca I, I don't know with the amount of time he has the ball, how great of a fit he would be. Curry is a guy I do think would fit just because, again, we saw when KD went to the Warriors, he was able to take a step back and fill a role that wasn't as substantial and still be effective. But I think if you bring in another star to fit alongside Tatum and Brown, it's going to hurt Jalen Brown because he's going to see yeah. less opportunities. He's going to have to press more. And you really don't need that. He seems really comfortable right now. He's been on an absolute tear ever since the fourth quarter of that Timberwolves game. And you shouldn't want to screw with it. You really shouldn't want to screw with this team at all. The only thing you should be interested in is maybe bringing another wing off the bench. And even then, I'm not convinced that's completely necessary either. Because to do so, you might have to give up Pritchard. And do you really want to do that in case somebody else gets hurt in that guard rotation? People forget... Mm -hmm. Pritchard was really good in the playoff run last year. Yeah. He was big in game one against the Warriors when they came back in the fourth quarter. He was a spark there. He was a spark in game two over the Nets. When they came back, he had 10 fourth quarter points in that game. He had a good game one against Miami. He kept it close. I mean, he has had some great moments in the playoffs and his shooting has been down this year. But I think that's just because he hasn't gotten out there consistently. He You're can't get into rhythm. play as well. That's, yeah. yeah, that's not fair. He can't get into rhythm. There, there's not much. <clears throat> Excuse me. You can uh ask for from Pritchard when he's not getting those uh chances uh back to Marcus Smart just for one more quick point um he was asked about it after the the Clippers game he's been guarding centers <laughs> he's been like he, he guarded uh Alperin Sengun he guarded Brook Lopez on Christmas he guarded Zubac he had a great block on Zubac he was bullying yep. uh Zubac in the first couple quarters of that sounds like true game. like ha having that sort of versatility at the guard position with Smart and Derek White obviously uh on defense I'm talking is unlike anything a lot of teams have in the league. Like I can't think of another team with two guards that can, that are so versatile on defense. And even Derek white, who you're talking about, like he's getting bullied a little bit, like those blocks, like you're not seeing guards. Don't do that. That's not something no, uh, point guards, shooting guards do in the NBA. And I saw you thinking of, <clears throat> excuse me, potential teams that you can compare it to drew holiday is the first name that comes to mind, but like, who else? We're talking about, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about drew holiday and Grayson Allen, which yeah, <laughs> realistically just doesn't compare. So, and like, if you look around the league, like I'll pull up the NBA standings, <clears throat> you're looking for a defensive guard pairing as good as the Celtics. You don't see it like uh, the, the the Sixers. No, pay, I'm just looking down the list. The Heat, maybe, but Tyler Hero kind of ruins that for you. If you're yeah, talking no. Jimmy and Lowry, maybe if you want to move Jimmy to the two, um, I guess Fred Van Fleet and Gary Trent. No, like, not <laughs> no. Right? Like I'm, I'm struggling to find people. I'll go, excuse me, to the Western Conference. No Pelicans, no Grizzlies, John Morant, Desmond Bain. No, not really. Clippers, not really. Paul George, no. Reggie Jackson, the kind of kind of does it uh chris paul is solid devin booker's okay but it's just it there's just no one around the league um that's really holding a candle to what marcus smart and Derek white can bring on defense as a, as a pairing i'm talking about so uh, i think they deserve a ton of credit for how they played this season i think malcolm brogdon deserves a ton of credit for stepping back into the six-man role after starting for years um the celtics guard rotation is truly a three-headed monster like it's 
it, it's great. They're they're three, four, and five, like I said, on the team in scoring behind Tatum and Brown, uh, all averaging 10 points plus. And even with his three point slump, uh, shooting slump in December, he's still Derek White's still shooting a career best, uh, like almost 38% from three. So, like, just, just phenomenal season from those three. I'll tell you what, looking back on how you got here with your guard rotation, the pieces they give up are playing well. Good for them. Doesn't mean you should be angry. Twitter, you shouldn't be angry that Neesmith had a good game or Langford had a good game, which they both did yesterday mm-hmm. in wins over Eastern Conference teams. Love that. Need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but good for them. Uh, those guys weren't going to develop as Celtics as mm-hmm. much as you might hate seeing them playing well in other uniforms. I don't hate it. Do you hate it? Because they're getting the... Uh, not you, in general. I know. No, I'm asking you, though. Do you do you hate it or not? No. I, I am number one, like... It's it wasn't going to happen here. It's the butterfly mm-hmm. effect. If they stay here, they're not going to get the opportunity. They're not. Absolutely. I don't know how you can expect anybody to develop as a deep rotation player like that. It's just not going to happen. Just go back to Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard has been good here because he's gotten run. Now that they have people in front of him, he's not as consistent. His shooting numbers are down this year. Mm-hmm. Look at Neesmith and Langford. Look who they're playing behind when they're on the Celtics. Tatum and Brown, <laughs> which one of them is going to be in the game at almost all times. You're not going to get any kind of consistent minutes there, and you're not going to have a chance to develop. And when you are out there, you don't have any room for error. Of course you're going to play poorly. As a guy that's not consistently getting run, you have to go out there and press? No way. So good for them. Good that Neesmith is playing well for the Pacers. Good that Langford's helping the Spurs tank. I mean... <laughs> what what else can you want? Everything's coming up Ainge. Yeah. If you really want to you want to be happy for someone, be happy for Ainge. He hit mm-hmm. on like all his recent draft picks with the Celtics and he <laughs> got a haul for Rudy Gobert who's a 7-foot fry cook and you know, he he's doing well <laughs> over there in Utah. The team's winning and he doesn't even want him to. That's rude. 7-foot fry cook. Well, French That's fries. Foul. He's he's French. There you go. Sure. Sure. All right. Uh, what else I got here? We can talk Rob. You want to talk a, bit, a mm-hmm. little bit of Robert Williams here? Robert Williams uh, came back from injury. What now? It's eight games. Appeared in eight games. The Celtics around that. Seven. Um, seven game home sand. Okay. Seven. Um, he's been amazing. I, I mean, these past few games have really been highlights. The Pacers game was awesome for him, but uh, we're talking, uh, sorry, Rockets. I, I lost track. Rockets and Clippers game both amazing bucks game too like he's been on a nice stretch here on the season i mean it's very small sample size obviously um but uh he's averaging around you know eight and eight on the season shooting 80 percent from the field uh getting his block a game he's playing elite defense you can just tell how much his presence changes the way opponents attack on offense right he might not be getting the two blocks game that he was getting last year um but just having him out there changes the way defenses think. Like you can't switch on him. You 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 can't attack the paint when he's hovering around there. Uh, and then even like on the other end, on the offensive glass, incredible, right? Like the Celtics have struggled on the glass all season long. He's getting the defensive boards and he's getting the offensive boards. Those little tap outs he does, game changer. Like they yeah. feed you free, it's like second chance opportunities. Rob has been everything that I've wanted to see from him. Uh, I've well, been very impressed. Not only the second chance opportunities, but they're wide open shots because defenses aren't mm-hmm. set yet when you get that tip out. He had one to Marcus Smart in the Rockets game, I want to say. It was a perfect pass out of a tip. Well, he played six games, by the way. I was wrong. I don't know why. It's... Oh, because he missed one. He missed, he um... missed one. I forget what it was. Yeah, six games. Sorry. But he has been so great. 
he's putting up the numbers that you mentioned, eight, eight, and one. And he's not playing any minutes. He's not starting. <laughs> this is all in a very limited role. He's on a 19 minutes, minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Stoudemire kind of hinted at it in one of the press conferences when he said something about that. I don't remember exactly what he said, Jack, because he, he said you uh, were there, right? You were yeah, there. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wrote about it. Let me let me pull up the exact quote. <laughs> he hinted so that Rob is on a minutes restriction. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. And it's yes. so impressive that he's been able to impact the game so significantly in such a short amount of time. Yeah, Those Stoudemire... offensive rebounds are huge. Absolutely. Stoudemire said he was asked about, like, <laughs> excuse me, the starting thing, whether or not he'll start. Yes. That's just the day-to-day thing we've been giving medically, the minutes he should play, and we just kind of play off that. We're seeing Rob get be- getting better each game. We as a team know we need him, but more than anything, we need him to be comfortable. So it sounds like they're basing it off of the things they've heard from the medical staff, et cetera, saying, okay, we'll play him X amount of minutes. Uh, and he's putting up incredible stats in that time. Like, per 36 minutes, Robert Williams is averaging. Let's take a look here. <laughs> excuse me. Robert Williams per 36 minutes is averaging 16 points, 14 rebounds and 2.2 blocks a game uh, and 2.2 assists shooting. I mean, whatever, because the shooting percentage has changed, but it's he's crazy. putting up roughly 15 or excuse me, 16, 14, two and two a game uh, per 36 minutes. He is plus minus uh, on the season already. Um, <clears throat> we can take a look at plus minus per game and see just how impactful he's been. Uh, I'll go to Celtics so you can get a, a view of where he's been on the team so far. Jason Tatum, uh, plus 7.5. Robert Williams is plus 4.3, plus minus in 19 minutes a game, <laughs> right? Like, not enough good things can be said about what Robert Williams has been doing this season for the Celtics, defensively, offensively, uh, per 36 minutes, uh, leads the team, I believe, as I'm checking here, in plus minus. Uh, yeah, tied with Derek White, plus 8.3 per 36 minutes. Like, I think we, we all knew when Rob came back, it would, like, change the way the Celtics play. I don't think I realized just how much better they could be because we're all, we're all talking about how the defense turns, turned to tide in December. And I think it turned to tide a little bit before Rob came back. But now that Rob is back, like, it did. You're, you're really starting to see, okay, Rob is back. This defense is now going to be one of the best in the league again. Uh, and I, I believe in that, December... Are, are they top five in December? I know there's seven on the season, but in December, their their defensive numbers have to be even. That I don't know. <clears throat> I would assume. I'm, I'm looking right now. I'll tell you what, though. There second. was not second, second in the league in defense in December. Yes. Well, imagine if they weren't brain dead on the offensive end for half the month. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In all seriousness, though, we talked about it a lot before Rob came back. There was all kinds of speculation. How's the team going to respond? Is he going to screw up the flow on offense? The offense did stumble when he came back, but no fault of his. The shots just kind of weren't falling. I don't know if you're going to end up agreeing, but it doesn't seem like that had anything to do with him. They were just missing. The ball was sticking more. It wasn't because of him. Right? You're talking about the offense when Rob first came back? Sorry, I saw a stop. Yeah, because they they were losing games before Mm -hmm. he came back, and they were shooting poorly, and their confidence was shook. And that was the whole mystery for all of us. When we knew he was coming back, we knew the team was red hot. Mm-hmm. There was some fear that he would come back and the offense would screw up and stumble and, and lose flow. And I don't think that's true. I don't think I, anything had to do with him when they struggled. I don't think it's his fault. And I don't think he's the reason they struggled for that period. But I do think they're 
learning on the fly how to change the offense slightly with him out there, right? Because <clears throat> you, you can see a difference because instead of three guys around Jason Tatum spacing and Jalen Brown spacing the floor, it is two guys or it is one guy if Rob's out there. You know what I'm saying? Like they're having to adjust. And John Corrales was talking about this on Locked on uh, Celtics. <clears throat> He's talking about a play where, you know, Rob was setting a screen off the ball for Sam Hauser. Jason Tatum didn't see it. Um, and he, he put up a shot instead of kicking, uh, skipping the pass to Hauser. And basically John said that, you know, with Luke Cornett out there in those Robert Williams minutes, the Celtics didn't really have to worry about that because Luke didn't have the awareness or whatever it is. He's just not as good as Robert Williams. So he's not seeing the floor as good as Robert Williams. So the Celtics would force something up instead of looking for Rob to make a play. Now they're going to have to adjust their offense to look out for Rob. They're going to have to know, <clears throat> okay, maybe Rob's going to do something off the ball. Maybe he's going to make a cut. Maybe he's going to slip the screen. Maybe he's going to do some ridiculous athletic feat that Luke Cornett could only do in his dreams of Stromile Swift, right? So <laughs> I, I think it's going to take some adjusting for them to fully get back into the flow of things to learn how to play with Robert Williams. Will that hurt their offense in the short term? Probably a little bit. It's not Rob's fault. And it's nobody's fault. It's just how it is when you're learning to play with a new player uh, within a new offensive system because they did change the way they play offense a little bit, which Joe Missoula. It's a lot of the same things for me, Mayudoka, but they're shooting more threes. They're spacing the floor. They're playing a lot faster, in my opinion. So they're going to have to learn, I think, uh, a little bit how to integrate Rob into that. And uh, it's going to be a learning process, but I think you're already seeing the excuse me results of that because in that Clippers game I was again talking to Bobby Kravitsky up, up there when, when we were watching the game they're getting into the paint a lot more right they're getting into the Which paint they have Rob it, it's great and uh, another underrated thing I wish I had examples to bring up but with Rob in that dunker spot teams can't freely jump over to help on Tatum agree right? Tatum that's if what Tatum drives say. on one yeah if Tatum drives on one side and Rob's on the dunker spot on the other side right you can't leave Rob because he'll just throw a lob and, and that's two points so uh they're gonna get easier looks at the basket just by Rob being there so it, it's gonna be an adjustment yes but he absolutely elevates the team on offense as well as defense but we've he talked creates space in a different way yes, instead yes. of having five or three shooters in the perimeter you do only have two but you have him there and he's such a great safety valve that, like you said, teams can't really cheat and can't help because his shots, when he gets them, are going in 75, 80% of the time. It's not a 40% chance that the three-pointer goes in. Yeah. It's not only is the shot going to go in, it's going to be a loud dunk and the crowd's going to get into the game and the team's going to get excited. It's going to mm-hmm. be a momentum play. It's, he's so exciting. Every time he comes in the game, there's a buzz around the garden. It's it's unlike anything I've seen with a player coming in the game that was like a real rotation player. Like not like taco when the game was already over and the fans would lose their mind or chant. They want him. Rob comes in with six minutes in the first, uh, first quarter. And there's mm-hmm. a buzz. People it's because he's, he's incredible. It's because like literally everything he does is game changing. Um, he is at his best, in my opinion, the third best player on the team, right? Like, and I don't think that's that obscene to say I, we've been upping Marcus smart all season. Obviously he's been amazing. Like, not enough good things to say about Marcus Smart. Uh, Al Horford's been great, but at his peak, Robert Williams should and is uh, be should be and is the best uh, third best player on the Celtics team behind Tatum and Brown. Right, his defense, his offense, everything he does on the court, um, even the under the radar stuff like his vision, his passing, like those tip outs. Not only is he getting above the defense to get the offensive rebounds, he knows where people are. He knows where to tip the ball. He's not only getting there first, which is impressive in and of itself. He's also getting the angles right to tip it out to people. Like I remember there's one and Hauser deserves the credit for this too. I've tweet. This is like another one of my mini agendas. Sam Hauser's rebounding has been ridiculous this year. Like it's a very small sample size, but he crashes the boards really well, which is something the Celtics have not done well. So there's one player. Remember, 
or Sam Hauser fought on the offensive glass, kept it up. And then Rob just like it, it ro- rose from the depths to like tip out a ball and get it open. Through. It, it, like he emerged from the shadow. Yeah, exactly. He is a walking second chance opportunity. I think that's the best way to put it. And which it's is great. Just, they need that. Yes. When absolutely. you shoot that many threes, you need that. It, mm-hmm. As haterish it sounds, they're just not going in as much as twos. It's just how it works. And that's why people like them is because you don't have to make <laughs> as many for it to be effective. At least that's what the numbers tell you. I disagree. Well, but, well, <clears throat> that is, I understand your point, but that is just true. You, you make two threes. That's the same as three twos, you know. Yeah, it's the same, per- but the percentages, you know, the percentages, <laughs> yes, but you're also I'm walking just, away empty handed. I'm just 17 more times out of 100 on the offensive end. Yeah, but you get a, a, like the same amount of production because the points are the same. The, you I'm do, just, but uh, you don't because the other team's <laughs> getting more chances to get out and run on you. They're yeah, getting, but they're they getting also more don't stops. make all they're the... not working as hard. But they also don't make all those. I'm just messing with you because it's stats. Robert Williams has been great. <laughs> that that is the point we're trying he to has make. Been. It. And it's been great to have him back. He's been giving mm-hmm. the team a much needed boost with energy. Right when they had their first dip of the season, he's coming into games and changing mm-hmm. it. He's pumping energy into the team, and it's great. It's great all around. Mm-hmm. Very yes. good time in Celtic Land after four straight wins. Absolutely. It, absolutely. I know. I agree with you. Uh, I have on the show sheet here. I want to talk about Jalen. Uh, I've gotten a lot of flack for Jalen. Uh, Jimmy J talking about it in our comment section. Birkin actually just commented. Excuse me. Got the hiccups. Longtime uh, friend of the pod. <clears throat> loyal listener Birkin uh, commented. He ripped into us about our, our video. Uh, last time we just, talked just about now. The, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. While we're recording. Uh talking about jbkd you're talking about how maybe celtics have some regrets or whatever it it was uh, again i stand by what i said i wasn't going to be one pushing for the trade but if it happened i wouldn't have complained either uh birkin also saying that i need to find the exact wording because i thought it was a bit i was in a similar boat to jack but i was more anti-trade birkin saying kd is done he's on his last breath of good basketball i think that's a bit absurd Birkin we're, we're gonna call a spade a spade here KD's having arguably one of his best seasons of his career like the last be- breath of basketball seems that's a 110 bit. straight <laughs> yeah but he's averaging 37 and five and a half on 56 37 93 percent shooting splits maybe we, we quit it with the last breath um but <clears throat> talking about Jalen Brown which is why I brought this up I thought he's I think he's been playing really really well you know, over these last few games and I, I've I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I think the reason behind it is because he's not trying to be the hub of the offense. <clears throat> he's playing off of Marcus Smart. He's playing out off of Malcolm Brogdon. He's playing off of Derek White, Jason Tatum. He is being <clears throat> the secondary guy, not in the sense of, you know, he's secondary to Jason Tatum. Oh, he's 1B. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's not starting possessions with the ball in his hands. He's not trying to initiate the offense for himself. He's allowing somebody else to make a play for him to help him get in that spot. He's still like, doing some of those plays where he dribbles past a guy, gets an open mid-range shot. Those are fine. Those are n- n- have never been the issues I've had with Jalen Brown. <clears throat> the issues I've had with Jalen Brown are when he tries to initiate the offense, he, he misses a pass, he doesn't see a pass, he-, he tries too hard to get himself in a rhythm. But over these last few games, he's been John Corrales was asking about it uh, post-game against Clippers. He's scoring more off of cuts, which is something we've talked about and a lot of yep. people have talked about because Tatum has, has done a better job at that, scoring off of cuts. He- he's coming off of screens and he- he's getting shots within the flow of the offense in terms of, you know, Marcus Smart will make a play for him. 
I, and I think that's where Jalen Brown is at his best. And you've seen that over the last however many games. He's averaging like 34 points and five rebounds and ridiculous efficient shooting percentage. I think it was five games is the reason I, I couldn't give you an exact number. I saw it on Twitter. But the style of play that Jalen Brown has been playing uh, over this like four game win streak and even extending into the uh, I think it's like what, 12, 11 quarters, some stupid number we came up with the last quarter of the Timberwolves game on. Uh, he's been playing a lot better because he's been letting the offense come to him rather than the opposite way around. And I think that's where a lot of my gripes with Jalen came from. Why I wrote the article is because he was he was trying to force things too much. Uh, and there is still like glimpses of that. It's obviously not perfect, but. We're talking worlds different. And the Celtics, I think, have been a lot better because of it. Yeah, it's really great to see him starting to move without the ball and get into spaces where he can succeed. You saw a lot of it in the first quarter against the Clippers. You saw Marcus Smart set him up multiple times on backdoor cuts for easy dunks, yep. easy layups. And it was really great to see him do that because not only did it get some quick points on the board for the team, but it builds his confidence as the game goes on to where he might not be forcing. Now, he did shoot 0 of 7 against the Clippers from 3, if I'm not mistaken. Which, uh, what are you going to do? You have an off night. But mm -hmm. Let me. he Let still me. managed to score 29 points, and he mm -hmm. did it rather efficiently. He wasn't costing the team. He was able to help them build and maintain a lead in the fourth quarter. 0 of when... 8 from 3. Sorry, 0 of 8 from 3, 12 yep. of 25 from the field, though, which means it was which is 12, of, 12 of 17 from 2, which is yeah. like ridiculous. That's what you want. Yes, that that's a big time W for Jalen Brown. And that's mm -hmm. why you saw the Jalen and the boys lineup build the lead for you in the fourth Love quarter because he's getting easier looks. He's taking more efficient shots. It's really mm -hmm. good. I, I don't know if it's you who said this. It might have been because uh, I remember it recently. You don't want I, maybe it was Bobby when I was talking to him up on the ninth floor. I don't know again who said it, but it's you don't want Jalen and the boys. You want Jalen and Marcus in the boys. That was Jalen and yeah, Jalen and Jalen Marcus the and the fellows instead of Jalen. Exactly. And the boys. I think that's the real key there because Jason Tatum <laughs> can go out there with you know Grant Williams, Sam Hauser. Uh, we'll throw Peyton Pritchard and a big man in there, and he'll be fine. He'll run the offense. He'll get those guys open shots, and he can create for himself and pass to others. Jalen Brown really needs that facilitator to set him up for looks uh, to be at his best, and that's not that's not a shot at Jalen. It's just he's he's not as good of a you know uh, facilitator or, or offensive creator, and that's not even fair because he's a good offensive creator in the turn in the sense of he can get to his spot but he just operates better and more efficiently when he's playing within the flow of the offense. And this goes for Tatum too, but like since Jalen has struggled with the playmaking thing, um, I just think he is much better when he plays in this controlled uh, setting where other guys are setting up for him. And he's done that lately. And it's, this is supposed to be, be complimenting him, which I'm doing. He's been playing really well. So I think he deserved the credit for that because uh, it, it, it's the team looks better because of it. So, yeah, he's been really good. One more thing to tack on to that is his transition game has been great. He's been oh, getting yeah. out, running, finishing at the rim, similar to what we saw earlier in the season when it was so fun to watch Jalen play because mm -hmm. he was getting to the rim at will. He's back to doing that. Back to back to back games, you're getting highlight plays from Jalen in transition, splitting the defense, going in, dunking the ball, getting the crowd into the game. That's mm -hmm. where he's at his best when he's getting to the rim. Yeah. And he's not having to dribble, 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 dribble to do that. He's getting out <laughs> running and just blowing past people or cutting mm -hmm. back door and putting the ball in the basket. It's great. He's starting to find his footing again. And hopefully this is something that sticks because, I mean, people like us are noticing, and I'm sure the coaching staff is too, and making uh -huh. that emphasis.
Definitely. They have to be. Uh, looking around here. I, I don't think there's anything else Celtics I want to talk about. We can talk about the Hawks real quick if you want, just because it's, it's that's a news. disaster. What a disaster. <laughs> they, well, I don't know what the problem is. What's the problem? Why, why right, well, are they beefing? Is it because McMillan wants him to play defense? Trey Young? Let me pull up the, uh, excuse me, the Hawks, the Steve Volpet article. Um, okay. yeah, I think up. you reported on it first, maybe even before Chris Haynes. An exec told uh, Bullpet, it's a very toxic situation right now. Uh, it's going on, been going on for about a month, and it looks like it's getting worth, worse. Excuse me. Wow. Talking about a list. Uh, that was on December 21st. So we're talking over a week ago. Another quote from sources he talked to. When they win, everyone's happy for a minute. But when it, they lose, it gets messy. Instead of trying to figure it out, there's a lot of blame being thrown around. Uh, another source. I know it's been a big problem between the two. His father's involved. Trey is trying mm. to get Nate canned. So it sounds like Trey Young is trying to get McMillan fired. Um, he doesn't like the coach. The coach doesn't like him, and the other players also have issues with Trey. Not a good like. Basically, everything is going to crap there. Chris Haynes reporting people thinking Trey could be the next guy to request a trade. Nate McMillan. The report from Shams today, which is why I wanted to bring it up, talking about how Nate might step down. It's not a good look. It hasn't been a good look. Lloyd Pierce got canned mid-season, if you remember, a couple years yep. ago. I think they went the to the season? conference went, finals with, mm, with Nate McMillan. Uh, and then last year, out of the first round, it, I don't know if it's impatience. I don't know if it's frustration with certain coaching things. Trey Young, obviously, an elite offensive player. Same time, probably the worst defender in the NBA, if we want to be honest here. Um, so I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's a mess. I don't know how they're going to fix it. It's like, where do you go from here? Atlanta, John Collins and trade rumors you're hearing. Like, like it just seems like they don't really have a direction. Do you build around Trey Young and tear down the rest outside of him and DeJounte? Do you fire the coach and keep trying and maybe it'll win from there? Maybe if they fire the coach midseason again, they go back to the Eastern Conference Finals. You never know. Like, <laughs> it's just what? a mess. John Collins, been in trade rumors since he came out the womb. He's going to be used to it by now. Yep. yep. This Atlanta team should be much better than they are. They have a lot they of have talent. The talent. Trey Young, yes. Murray, Collins, Capella, Bogdanovich. Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, Hunter. is great. I mean, they, they have a deep team. Is that on the coach? Mm, maybe. That's a lot of talent. But also, it's obviously on the players if they're all not getting along with Trey Young. Yep. That's a problem. Trey Young, ratless. You say, why, <laughs> Sam? Two reasons. Personality, rat, appearance, rat. It's the same thing. I mean, how are you? Anyone trying to get a coach fire, rat, bad, poor behavior. And when the whole team is against him as a player, that's a red flag, too. Say hi to TikTok. <laughs> hey, hey. Wave to TikTok. <laughs> Seriously. It's a really bad look when you're trying to get yeah. the coach fired and then your teammates don't agree with you. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, good. You're yeah, the problem, yeah. not them. Atlanta might request uh, moving on from Trey Young, not vice versa. They'll say trade request. We were already trying. You think they should? I'm sure they can get. Well, here's the problem. They're going to have to sell low now because all this is out. Well, I I don't think they'd still. I don't think they have to sell as as low as a lot of like. Where's a good spot for him to land? I don't know. I I do want to pull this up first, though, because when you said rat list it made me think of this and i thought it was funny if you're on youtube you can check it out it's the lollipop meme i've this has always been one of my favorite nba memes yeah it's uh, tough. talking about his hair <laughs> oh it's so good it's, <laughs> i love that that's the uh, best one with the emoji yeah. over the lollipop good spot for trey young 
I think he needs a see, I, I think it go one of two ways. I think he either needs a coach that's just like is a people pleaser, which I don't think is smart. I don't think that's good for players in nope. general. I don't or think, I think he needs I think he needs a hard though. I think he needs a coach that's gonna lay down the law and say, Trey, do this. Uh and that's why I think Miami might be a really good spot for Trey. I, I think I'll tell you what talking, though. <clears throat> yeah. Atlanta, if they do move on from him, are in a great spot because they've they got Murray. Yep. Well, they'll get a haul, but they also have Murray, who's just as good, if not better, mm-hmm. at being a distributor. Yeah. That's great for them. They Atlanta's in a great spot. That Murray thing is really coming up smelling like roses because of how poorly Trey Young's acting. Just and if they of, like let's let's really think of some teams where he could end up. Well, Miami? if they do trade, if so they do what trade Trey Young from Miami. That's the thing. I've seen I'm not saying Hands up, not coming for me. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, just trade Jimmy, <clears throat> excuse me, for trailing, really? which I don't think would ever happen. But I the don't idea think that's is smart for Miami. There goes your whole identity. The idea is Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, like in the pick and roll, like really not going to okay, stop you have that. Capella. Like, <clears throat> We're not going to put Capella and Bam Adebayo on the same level. In the pick and roll, maybe. No, 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 no. Not even as close. a catch and finish option inside? No, maybe. no. No, no. In his peak, maybe. But right now, Capella is not the same as, you know, fresh out of Houston, James Harden, Capella. Like, I think Bam Adebayo is worlds better than peak uh, Clint Capella, especially on defense. The, the I'm versatility, not, I'm not, the athleticism. No, no, no. I'm literally just saying is the role, man. I'm not saying all around. Bam is by far the better player. No, I, I know. I, I know what you're saying. I'm saying as a role, man, I think Bam is better. He's more athletic. He can get up higher. He can find the spots. I, I just think he's better. Okay. Uh, plus the defense. I just think he I take your word for it. I'm not paying attention. Um. <laughs> they haven't played uh, it. Oh, have no, they they beat the shit they out of Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, they yeah, did. They, they they killed Atlanta. <laughs> they beat them. Um, other spots, <laughs> as much as it would be a meme, and they did just get Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I like, thought I thought <laughs> but that that would probably be an okay one. Um <clears throat> Toronto. That's what I thought. Fleet. I think Toronto has there. well, I don't if I'm they Atlanta, could cover I don't for want a guard back. I want wings or uh, like well, maybe you do do you do like trey young for i don't know trey young like og and maybe for like og and van fleet for trey young and john collins <laughs> we're talking just swapping the farm uh, i mean i don't i don't think that would ever happen but like trey young to toronto makes sense if you're getting back og on anobi i wouldn't hate that but then if you're uh sorry i can't think toronto then you have fred van fleet and trey young which also doesn't make much sense Minnesota so probably want to offload him. Minnesota is another good one. I mean, you could maybe do like D'Angelo Russell and I mean, actually, I would say Minnesota, but what picks do they have to trade? Like, what, what do they have to what do they have to give up? I've seen uh, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane for an official pod. They suggested a Trey Young for Carl Anthony Towns trade. That's what I was thinking because we mm-hmm. we've that talked about this sense. before. It might have been on pregame, might have been the live show. Mm-hmm. But Trey Young, I mean not Trey Young, Towns, he's been there forever. They haven't really had any except Jesus Sam success as hit as him being on the team, right? Yeah, Carlton Towns. Yeah. If you want to roll with Anthony Edwards and you have Gobert, nobody's going to take him off your hands, and you paid for him. Having Trey Young might really help you because Gobert can be a catch and finish guy. Mm-hmm. As, as much as I like to rip him, that's literally all he's good for on offense. So what about um? Go on. It would it would sorry, it would ruin their identity a bit. But I think Trey Young and Zion in New Orleans, that, that could be fun for them. I, think I mean they have are, things I mean, they could give up there. I don't my issue is they just got CJ. <clears throat> Excuse me, but if you're talking like 
if you gave up like CJ, Trey Murphy, and some picks for Trey Young, then you'd have Trey Young, Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion Williamson, Larry Nance, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones. Still, like, that's good. That's a good. Just squad. to clarify, if I'm New Orleans, I'm not screwing what they have going on right now. They're I know winning, I agree. They're playing well, and you said the same thing. You just got CJ. Like, there's no need mm-hmm. to screw with that. Yes. Um, no, I, I totally agree. The Thunder. The Thunder could be a good one. Pair him with Shea, Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren when he gets back. You just give him just give him all the picks. You give him everything. You, you give him all the picks for Trey Young. That's your future. You got Trey Young. That might Shea be the best bet for a while. For Atlanta. <laughs> that could because be good. It, Atlanta, like I said, they're kind of set. Mm-hmm. They can they could let him walk and still be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I so, in all seriousness, not that they, they should have to, you can pick the new talent coming in. Not that they should. They shouldn't let Trey Young walk for nothing. That's no, that's, that's not what I mean. They can get no players in the immediate time mm, in return yeah. and be fine. And you have those picks lined up, so you can just keep filling your holes that <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, not like the Celtics me... where draft picks don't mean anything to you. Orlando, I, I don't think that'd be terrible. He could really have the run of the show there. He had he'd have Paulo he for the long run. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In terms of what they would get back, you take a chance on John Isaac for defense, maybe moving forward. I think that'd be solid if he can never get healthy. Uh, if you get like <clears throat> Markel Fultz to run alongside. Um, DeJounte Murray, you could probably get back like a uh, uh, Mo Bamba too in that deal. And then you get some of their picks, which in the immediate future, those picks might not be terrible, even with Trey on the team. Um, I, I think that could be solid. Like John Isaac, Fultz, Mo Bamba in like two first round picks or one first round pick. Like, I don't think that's a terrible haul for Trey Young. So maybe that's another one, but I don't know. It's it's a very weird spot. Uh, I didn't think if I had to place a bet on, you know, before the season, which player request a trade first i would have put my bets on bradley beal i would have said dame even though that's been years in the making and it hasn't happened <clears throat> i would have said i don't even know just not trey young is the point i wouldn't have said trey young uh, on the list so yeah they were interesting interesting how that works out uh but yeah man it just seems like a very very toxic situation in atlanta right now nate mcmillan I feel like Nate McMillan is going to be gone very soon. Like, I, I just don't see how you can really move past the Nate McMillan stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think if, if, well, if you get rid of Trey, you're, you're choosing sides here. So if you get rid of Trey young, you're kind of picking his side. And from, you know, these recent reports, the players are having problems with Trey young, not the coach. Peachtree right? hoops, which is anything? no, no, I know what that's you're their Pe- Celtics blog. Yes, to sum up the last few weeks, Petrie, uh, SB Nation Hawks, Petrie Hoops just tweeted this. Some of the last few weeks, Trey Young buys $20 million home in LA. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. John Collins, trade rumors, not up to 9000 whatever. Uh, Schlenk steps down. I forgot the GM stepped down. <laughs> so there's that out in Atlanta. Team remains mid. Shams, Nate report. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, coming out of Petrie Hoops. Not, not a good uh, few weeks in Atlanta. They're kind of in shambles. And I, I think there was some... Not serious concern because the Celtics had a better roster, but like I think you're seeing it in Dallas, what you saw in Atlanta to some degree. You're seeing the the uh, conference finals hangover a little bit. Oh, you know we're good enough. We'll get back there. Um, I, I think at least for me, I didn't. I don't know if I said it. There was at least a little bit of worries that oh maybe the Celtics come out here with the Udoka drama. They get off to maybe a little bit of a rocky start. Obviously, it didn't happen, um, right. but. Uh, that's kind of what happened to Atlanta. They made it to the conference finals and then they kind of rested on their laurels. They got the eight seed, barely squeaked into the playoffs the next mm-hmm. season, uh, lost to Miami in five. And now they're uh, 
they're mid again. What's their record? Let me let me pull it up here. I think they're in like nothing special. <clears throat> seventh or eighth, ninth place, seventeen and eighteen now behind the Knicks and the Heat uh, and the Pacers. Pacers, by the way, I know we talked about them plenty. Awesome, love the Pacers. Yeah, I love good the Pacers. for them. Good for Neesmith. Good for Halliburton. <laughs> Likeable bunch. Halliburton. Yes, yes. Uh, another guy. No need Trader for an exterminator the there. No rats. Yes. Miles Turner, another guy who's been in trade rumors coming out the womb. Yep. Uh, and then there's now talks of him getting an extension. So, I mean, cool. Cool, Indiana. You well, do. yeah, dude, if you're going <laughs> to trade him, you're going to have him under contract. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad, my bad. Uh, I think that's all I had, though. I, I think Bust that, out the that cards. Covers it all. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me get it. Hold up. It's in my backpack across the room. I'll be that's fine. Right, one sec. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot to do it. Um, Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I forgot to do it when we were at the game. I had it in my backpack, and I was going to do it on the pregame, but I forgot. But oh. I do. See, I, <laughs> I do have the cards. Do we have? What, how many do you want to do? One, two, three. What do we? What do we two, think three. Of? It was fun last right. time. Three. Let me pull up. <laughs> Excuse you me. You had eleven. I had, it on I the had last eight. Sheet. Wow! Look at your memory. Look, at you go. My memory's nuts, uh, dude. If I tell you I forgot something, I'm probably lying. <laughs> that, but I don't really right, lie. You were right. So Sam has eight. Aw. Sam has eight. I have eleven. Uh, Jack and I very for five points relationship. Won the 2010 Naismith Award as the top high school basketball player in the country. I know, I know who it is. Already? Yep. Shoot. Ah, shoot. I will put it in the private chat. Do not look. Okay, I don't know yet, so I'm gonna have to go for four. Born in Columbus and stayed home to play two seasons for the Ohio State Buckeyes. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Buckeyes. I can't think of an Ohio State player outside of D'Angelo Russell. Played for the Ohio State Buckeyes, stayed home. I'm going to have to go for three points. I I feel really awful. On January 15th, 2014, became the first Celtics player to post 20 points and 20 rebounds in the Mm -hmm. same game since Kevin Dinette, seven years earlier. 2014, excuse me, Celtics. Oh, Jared Sonder, right? Okay. Yeah. Shoot. We talked about him recently, too. We watched his highlights and got the copyright. Damn. Okay. So you got five points and I got three. Bang. I'm still down one. So you're you're at 13. <laughs> Excuse me. I am at 14. Uh yes. Sorry, I just had brain fart. All right. <clears throat> Put that one away. I should have gotten Sully. I like Sully. I talk about it all the time how I like Sully. We both do. I should have known that. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Five points. Went 60 and 0 in his final two. But uh, we didn't explain this. These are Celtics trivia's cards, by the way. We're we're guessing Celtics players. We we just completely glossed over it. We did this in a recent podcast. Um. Anyways, five points. Went 60 and 0 in his final two seasons at Dunbar High School in Baltimore with his teammates, including Muggsy Bogues, David Wingate, and Reggie Williams. I'm not. It's not going to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have a guess, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to ruin your chance for points. No. <laughs> All right. Played college hoops under Jim Calhoun at Northeastern. I know I'm the t- answer. I'm terrible at older players. I would have got I, it right with five. I I don't think I'm going to get this at all. If I'm, I'm going to put it in I'm, the private chat, just so I'm terrible at history. And any any Celtics fans listening who are who are big into like the older teams or watch the older teams, I apologize because I'm terrible at it. Um, made one career all-star appearance, scoring seven points in the 1992 all-star game. I mean, this is bad. This, this is, is... Tough, Jack. I, kn- <laughs> I, kn- I had an idea after one. Now I knew after two, I have a guess in my head, but I think it's going to be bad. And I don't want to say Max Letterman will be very disappointed in you. <laughs> I know had his number 35 retired by the Celtics. Just a second player to receive the honor without winning an NBA championship with the team. 
Oh, Jack, this is I, bad. I, I the old, don't. The old heads are going to be very upset with you. <laughs> I know, and I, I prefaced that before I started reading. I just don't. I don't know. And oh died of an on-court heart attack on age twenty-seven uh, during an off-season practice in July. Is this? It's not Len Bias because he didn't even. Oh play. my god! I don't Jack. know. <clears throat> Reggie Lewis. I should have known that. My goodness. There, <clears throat> I, I Reggie Lewis. Look in the private <laughs> chat. Yeah, I believe you. So is this four for Oof. you? That's four. I, I just I don't know like older players like I it just they will go right over my head like I know who Reggie Lewis is obviously yeah. it's just <clears throat> I know nothing like enough about him to get it from points that's a bad look it's tough I should I should have I should know Reggie Lewis but <clears throat> I don't 35 like now that it's out out there I know yeah. 35 Reggie I Lewis, can't but... believe you didn't know when that when that came up that was it for me I was like that's a lock Northeastern was a lock for me yeah I, I can't I, I just a- anybody who didn't play like 2010 on it's gonna be a 50 50 if I know it or not it's like it's bad it's real bad 2010 on I'm a lock like you can count on me. yeah Jared Sollinger it took me a sec but like I'll get it <clears throat> but anyways all right third one final one of the day Named MVP of the NBA D League All Star Game in 2012 as a member of the Los Angeles Defenders. Uh, 2012 D League All Star Game. I have an idea, but I'm not sure yet. I have some going. guesses, but I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, drafted by the Celtics directly out of Gulf Shores Academy in Houston, Texas. <clears throat> e. Ooh. Uh, should we go to three points, Sam? Shall yeah. we? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> All right. Played for eight different teams in an NBA career spanning from 2005 to 2019. I mean, oh I'm, man, I'm in shambles. All right, I'm trying to think quickly before I go into number Drafted two. Drafted by the Celtics. You said 2019 was his his last year. His last year, eight different teams, 2005 to 2019. Drafted by the Celtics directly out of Gulf Shores Academy in Houston, oh. Texas. I have a guess, but I don't think he was in the true. G League in 2012. <laughs> hmm. 2019, that wouldn't be him. Yeah, I might go to two points here. Thoughts, shall we? Yeah, that's weird. Like, that's such a long career to have. I know. Dealy. I love how the the question, the the card after I go anything twenty ten after is going to be a lock for me, and I I just don't know. All right, won the two thousand five McDonald's All American Slam Dunk Contest in two thousand five, and the NBA Slam Dunk Contest in two thousand seven. I think I have a guess. Okay, I know who it is then. I don't want. I'm. I want to go for one point though, because I want a point. So you can put it in the chat, and I'm going to say number one. Played 113 games for the Celtics from 2005 to 2017 and 47 more when he returned to Boston for the 16-17 season. Oh, no. Um, uh, 16-17, who returned? I didn't get it. Yeah, no. I, Gerald I, Green. I, nothing. Yeah, Gerald Green, you're right. So you got two points. I'm pissed. Not not a good performance for me. I was going to say the slam dunk thing made me think uh, Nate Robinson, but 2019 was too late for him. Uh, and then when it said... um. I, when it said like uh, out of Texas uh, and eight different teams, I thought Jeff Green, but he is still playing, so he didn't retire in 2019. So that wasn't going to be it either. Uh, damn, poor performance for me. I'm very upset with myself today. Is that O of three? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get. No, I got um, you I got, got Soldier with three points, but I should have gotten Gerald Green. I brain farted. Not good under pressure, apparently. Evidently, so not, I got not five, then four, then two. So I got eleven. So I'm at nineteen. You're at fourteen. Yeah, falling Big behind day. here. Big day. I'm not. Me. I'm not happy. That's that's upsetting. I, I have a feeling you're going to be a lot better at this. Can you're going to get the older players, and I'm just not gonna. But uh, all right. Well, there we go. Shout out Uncle Dan for getting me this. This is actually fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this. Um, brutal. I'm. I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm very mad that I didn't get any. All right. But anyways, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um. 
No, nothing today. Everyone enjoy New Year's Eve. Be safe, right? You you almost said New Year, just like I said New Year's. Well, I was going to say the New Year. I didn't know how I wanted <laughs> to say it. I got you. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, uh, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, I know Sam appreciates it as well. Oh yeah, uh, we, we've subscribe. been killing it. We have been lots of subs. Subscribe the to shorts, YouTube. I'll, I'll plug that well. before Sam takes over. Subscribe to How About Them Celtics on YouTube. That will forever be my plug. We appreciate you. Uh, I got my Twitter back for the for the few hours I lost it. By the way, in case you're curious, I got. Would I got you like back. to give a uh, a look into the life of someone that has lost their Twitter for the people? I was awful. I was just very upset. I, I was just more mad than anything. Like it logged me out on all my devices. It wouldn't send me the two FA uh, verification to my phone. I had to like. I just got lucky at like three thirty a.m. and like finally got back in somehow uh, and then i used my uh, like backup code that i got on my phone for like my other devices but yeah yeah i woke up to a text saying i'm back in mm-hmm. i tweeted out the uh i think it's idris elba you let yep. them know that we back up uh so we got back in got back into the twitter very happy but anyways yeah subscribe to youtube i appreciate it. i know sam appreciates it and i'll let sam wrap mm-hmm. it up. yeah thank you very much for listening or watching like jack said we always appreciate it whether you're watching on YouTube at How About Them Seas or How About Them, what is it? How About Them Celtics? I don't even know. This is how About Them Celtics on YouTube. Yes, sir. Um, make sure you subscribe, leave likes, comments, tell us we're handsome because we are. Uh, but seriously, we love it. The shorts have been doing fantastic. So if you're watching on a short, which you won't be hearing this on a short, um, we appreciate that as well. Make sure you subscribe from there. Uh, if you're on a streaming service, make sure you follow us, leave a nice review. We are wherever you are listening on your pods. You'll find us. Um, social media is at how about them C's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is how about them Celtics, all the shorts, all the pods. You can find them there. You can catch us there. You can follow Jack at Jack's Moan NBA. He's doing all kinds of work, heavy Celtics blog, hard work, work from the man, as well as putting all these pods out for you people. And you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA hardwood Houdini and complaining about the team for now. Sure. That's it for us. Chick, Chaco, come on. Chaco, Chaco, Chaco's having a